Welcome back to another episode of The Silent Battle. I hope everyone is having a great week so far. I am super excited for this segment today. Again, I am your host, Erica Honeycutt, and today I will be interviewing a good friend of mine, and her name is Erica Whitfield. Erica has a very rare autoimmune disease called Antisynthetase Syndrome, ASS for short. Today she is going to share her raw and candid story about her journey with ASS and how she manages her symptoms. Also, she will give us some tips, if she has any, on what may help you all out there to live life more easily as we battle our autoimmune diseases. Let's get started. Welcome, Erica. Thank you for being part of the Silent Battle podcast today. Thank you for having me. Erica, can you again tell our listeners the name of your autoimmune disease and share your story with us regarding when this rare auto, autoimmune disease showed up in your life? Sure. Um, the name of, the, of, of my diagnosis is antisynthetase syndrome, mm-hmm. which is um, ASS for short. Um, it's a very rare autoimmune disease. Um, it causes, uh, it starts off with inflammation building up in the body and a, um, a protein that is missing in your blood system. Um, and that causes, um, some people present it with, uh, muscle connectivity, muscle weakness, muscle pain. Mm-hmm. Um, it can cause what they call mechanics hands, which means like your hands crack and, um, peel and blister sometimes mm-hmm. um it also can cause Raynaud's disease and that's where um your hands in, in the, uh, are almost your hands and feet are almost cold a lot and it's very painful yeah and it also um can cause interstitial lung disease which is an inflammation in your lungs what symptoms did you have in the beginning before you were diagnosed with with ASS like what led you to like how did you know something was brewing and something was wrong um so my symptoms um my doctor said that my symptoms kind of popped up um abnormally Mm -hmm. um because usually it starts out with great nods and uh the cracking of the hands and oh and I also forgot you can also get um hyperpigmentation around your eyes and on your cheeks um but um my symptoms started in february of 2020 Uh um and i had a slight cough i would just wake up with a cough i would drink coffee or tea or something warm and the cough would go away like that dry hacking cough yes Mm -hmm. like not producing any because anything was just an irritating cough yeah wouldn't have it throughout the day um so in May, that started in February, in the cough, um, I went to my primary care physician in May and brought it up to her. She was like, oh, it's just allergy. And uh, I'm like, okay. And I, I knew something was wrong because the cough started to last longer in the mornings. And, and I was only having it first thing in the morning. And... Um, it was starting to last longer and I was um, but she 
she still chalked it up to allergies because um, I wasn't having any other symptoms. Right. So um, August thirty, August thirty first, um, I was feeling really bad and I could not, for the life of me, catch my breath. I was at work and I just kept coughing and coughing and coughing. Um, I called my doctor. She sent me to the urgent care to get a X-ray. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, at that time, COVID is happening. Right. And so they she sent me to get an X-ray, and they called and they called me back and said that. Um, I needed to go in and be seen mm-hmm. immediately because they thought that it was COVID. And so, um, that was so many th- things mimic COVID. Yeah. But they, but they said your lungs look like COVID lungs. Oh, wow. Like that was their, they was like, you look really bad. You need to go into the hospital. So that was August 31st. I went to urgent care. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave me some antibiotics for pneumonia. Well, first off, let me say they thought it was pneumonia. They gave me antibiotics. I was not getting any better. No, um, with the x-ray, did you have any scarring in your lungs? I didn't have scarring. It was inflammation, and it was um, grand glass. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I had a lot of that in both my lungs. but Like the honeycombing? Yes, but especially in my left lung, it was really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was on the 31st. They gave me antibiotics. I wasn't getting better. So September the 4th, I went back to urgent care. Mm-hmm. And um, they said, because uh, I was having a pain in my chest. Mm-hmm. And so they thought it could possibly be a blood clot. Yeah. So they sent me to the emergency room, um, and I spent four days there. They gave me some steroids while I was there. I was not on oxygen at that time or anything. They gave me steroids and spent four days there. I got a little bit better on the steroids. They sent me home. On the 11th, I got a week later, mm-hmm. um, I went back to the to the emergency room and um, of that hospital, and I stayed overnight. And they gave me um, some fluids and things. They were going to admit me, but since I didn't, I was on required any oxygen or anything at that time. They sent me home again. Mm-hmm. So after that, I made it four days home and um, went to go use the restroom and almost passed out and my husband had to call 911 so i took an ambulance ride um my fats had dropped to like 72. and so my husband called 911 and they took me to another hospital Uh and i spent um 10 or 11 days in there I remember that. I remember, yeah, I remember us talking about that when you were in the hospital. Yeah, and they did a lung biopsy, and um, that's when they were like, uh, "You have a, it's not pneumonia, it's not COVID, um, you have an autoimmune disease, but we're not sure 
which one it is. So I, um, so I spent, like I said, 10, 11 days there. I was, while I was in the hospital, mm-hmm. they, um, gave, I was on a hundred milligrams of prednisone. Oh, wow. In the hospital. And, um, that helped a lot. And then, um, you must have had a, a tremendous amount of inflammation for them to put you on a hundred milligrams. Yes. Yes. It was like, um, but by the time I left the hospital, they had tapered me down from, a, I was on a hundred milligrams of prednisone IV to after that 11 day, I was on, I went home on 80 milligrams pill mm-hmm. of prednisone. And um, and on oxygen, and at that time they only had me on four liters of oxygen. Mm-hmm. Um, and they advised me um, to see a um, a rheumatologist and a um, and to follow back up with them in pulmonary. Mm-hmm. But um, the hospital, the second hospital I went to, does didn't have a rheumatology department so they sent me to Vanderbilt and I seen um, Dr. F- uh, Chris- Kristen Phillips mm-hmm. and uh, and I knew I wanted to be at Vanderbilt because I um, at the time I was an employee of Vanderbilt I worked in the pulmonary department so I knew that that's where I wanted my care to be because I knew those doctors that were going to going to be taking care of me and I requested to have them send over a referral for Vanderbilt for me to see Dr. Hewlett, Justin Hewlett mm-hmm. and um, I seen him in November of 2020 and he literally walked in the room and looked at me and, and was like you have anti-symptomatic syndrome but I want to be sure and I want to do the um, antibody um, test on you um, just to make sure but I can almost guarantee that's what it is wow. and about two weeks later uh, I want to say a week or two later I got the, he called me and it was like that is that's exactly what it is and I have the PL12 um, antibody which is the rarest of the rare of anti-sympathetic syndrome Wow. So during this time, after the cough, let me go back. I'm sorry. After the cough, I started to have the cracking in my hands. Uh-huh. And the, and the blistering. And I started having really bad muscle weakness in my hands and in my arms. Um, it, the muscle weakness usually starts in the legs. Uh-huh. And they, they say, well, it's hard for me. I, I never, thank God, I've never experienced the muscle weakness in my legs, but, like, I can't lift my arms up for too long because mm-hmm. it hurts. And sometimes I can't open up um, bottles, like water bottles and things like that because of the weakness in my hands and the scarring that I have on my hands is, is painful. <laughs> and I have a cough. <laughs> <laughs> you're fine um 
Erica, I was going to, let's go back to you saying about the dry hacking cough that you had. Did you have any tightness in your chest with that dry hacking cough at all? Just because I, I asked this because with my disease in SIP, I know that they're different, but, you know, they're both autoimmune and they do have some similarities as far as when you talk about the inflammation in your chest. Um, I know I had like a tightness in my chest uh, when I had my dry hacking cough when it went on everything first started with me. So I was wondering, I was curious if you had the, the um, tightness in your chest with your dry hacking cough. When I first was diagnosed, I only thing I had it was just it felt more not in my chest mm -hmm. but a tickle in my throat. That's okay. what I would have to uh, equal it to. It's like a you know how sometimes when you're um, when you have allergies yes. and you're you're draining and that and your throat is like <clears> throat> yes. that's how it started. That kind of cough. Nothing. I didn't feel any difference in my lungs. I didn't feel any shortness of breath. I was still get up every morning. I, I have an exercise bike. Uh -huh. That The morning, the 31st of August, I rode that bike for 45 minutes that morning. Mm -hmm. I never got short of breath, like walking or anything. And it, it was like 31st, my doctor calls me and say, hey, go to urgent care. And from, from September the 1st, I was, I, everything just hit me. Like my body's like, oh, something is wrong. Now yeah. I'm gonna try to shut down. It's so interesting to me how these autoimmune diseases just come out of nowhere. I honestly feel like, cause they, they say most auto, well, what, well, one other thing about me is I was already diagnosed with another autoimmune disease mm -hmm. called POTS, which, which is, oh my gosh, um, I see, look, my mind goes blank, and it's, it's okay, take your that's, time, Erica. That's, that's med, that's medication related, but, um, 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 is POTS is posterior orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. Right. Um, for those that don't know, it is usually when I, people that, that goes from a um, laying down sitting position to a standing position, their heart rate elevates, blood pressure drops, mm -hmm. and they faint. So, I was diagnosed with that autoimmune disease in 2000 and, I want to say like 14, 15, mm -hmm. but I wasn't a, what they call a typical POTS patient. Uh -huh. I, um, my symptoms didn't, I never passed out or fainted. Um, I would get dizzy at times, but they didn't, it, those episodes were not often. It didn't debilitate me. A lot of people with POTS couldn't work because mm -hmm. they couldn't um, stand up. They would literally pass out and they had to be on 
um, they had to take saline infusions just because their water, what helps with POTS is an increase in fluids and, and salt. Um, so a lot of Gatorade and a lot of saline POTS patients were after taking. I wasn't even on any oral medication. Wow. Like I literally took myself off of the medication they gave me because the medication made me feel worse yeah. than the actual POTS syndrome. So I, I took myself off of it. My cardiologist discharged me as a non-compliant patient, but I had no issue. Yeah, it seems like you were managing well without, you know, the medication, even though you had the the right. autoimmune disease, but, you know, you were managing it very well on your own. Yes, and I felt, and I'm one of those people that if I don't have to be on the medication, mm-hmm. I would rather try alternative oh me too methods than be on medication because medication <coughs> has side effects and <coughs> excuse me Take it has time. side effects and um other issues can come because of it so i just found that was interesting too because you know i you were you know you i you when you told me that you know uh, you had another autoimmune disease POTS in the past and that you know the ASS came after it how you know you can develop autoimmune diseases once you have one I thought that was interesting I didn't know that so you know the pulmonary doctor physicians that I see at the second hospital they are the ones that told me that more than likely if you have one autoimmune disease, you can develop another one. Hmm. No. And I saw I, that's what they told me. I'm not really sure, but mm-hmm. I also didn't know that diabetes is an autoimmune disease. No one knows that. I didn't no know one, that at all. Yeah, diabetes is an autoimmune disease because your your body is not doing something that it is supposed to be doing naturally. I didn't know that. I didn't know that thyroid disease is an autoimmune disease. Never would have thought of, you you know, things that are common that they, that the physicians don't tell you that those are also autoimmune diseases. And you just don't really think to to ask about those because like you said they're so you know they're common you you know they're everyday things that people live with you know exactly and you would think you know what I'm like Mm -hmm. because oh you're not seen by a rheumatologist or um right an infectious disease doctor or someone and they're not coming out and flat out saying hey Hey, did you know diabetes is a... Like, you don't have that label of autoimmune disease. Exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, they did think it was lupus Mm -hmm. that I had. And they was like, it's presenting as lupus. And I do have, like, I have a niece who has lupus. Uh Uh-huh. Um. But lupus... I was hoping it wasn't that. Right. Which lupus attacks all, you know, your body attacks all your organs when you have lupus. 
Yes. And um, and that's what they were thinking that it was, but it turned out it's. And then they thought it was um, of the greatest disease, Matthew, greatest or I don't know what it is. They thought it was that as well, mm-hmm. but it, it ended up not being either one of those. It's a um, a polymyositosis or disease. It's a connective. Connective tissue disease. Mm-hmm. So now that you know that you have ASS, how do you manage your symptoms? Um. <laughs> well, I am on a lot of medications. I am on um, Prograf. I am still on the prednisone. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on a medication called mycophenolate or Celsept, mm-hmm. which is a medication that they usually give patients that's had a kidney transfer. Right. Um, but for some reason, it helps um, people with lung issues as well. Yes, because I'm on that too. Um, and with all of that, the prednisone has caused. Um, me to have, I now have medically, medicinally induced diabetes. Oh no. Yeah, I now have high blood pressure because of the prednisone and me having POTS. It has, I now have high blood pressure because of it. Um, so I take meds for those as well. Um, Bless your heart. And I'm on uh, albuterol inhaler and Advair. The albuterol I take um, whenever I'm really short of breath. Mm-hmm. And the Advair is every 12 hours. Has so. it has it been hard for you to adjust to taking medications for the disease? Because it was for me because... You know, with my disease, I didn't get, you know, I wasn't diagnosed with NSIP until I was 26. So before I, before 26 years old, all my life, I wasn't on any medications. And then you go from being on no medications to a ton of medications. I mean, that's a, that's a, I mean, that's, that's, it's very difficult to, you know, getting a a routine of taking these medicines and, and getting everything, you know, Getting everything right, you know, just by timing and, like I said, just getting in your, your routine down. So, was it hard for you to adjust to, to taking the medicines? Um, it wasn't hard to get in the routine of taking them. Uh-huh. It's, especially since I spent almost, I, I spent half a month in the hospital and they put me on that routine. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So that wasn't. I just came home and got me a peel organizer, and I set my um, my phone to go off at eight and eight, <laughs> and so and I take that's when I just take my medicine. That part hasn't been hard to do, but taking other medicine is <clears throat> the thought of I hate to take. Medicine. 
not because I can't swallow or not because of keeping up with taking them. I just don't like to have anything in my body that can, like, the prednisone cause the diabetes. You know, like, these medic medic medicines can cause something else to happen. And I'm not, I don't like that. I don't like the side effects of them. Right. I understand. What challenges have you faced, not only physically, but mentally, also since you were diagnosed with ASS? Um, my biggest challenge is not knowing. It, my disease is so rare right. that they, they can't give me a prognosis on what my life is going to be look like that's hard that is very hard to to know like I can literally just die at any time just the not the 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 unknown I completely understand that and to um I I always have to and especially in this pandemic Mm mm-hmm I honestly, I honestly feel like that was the stress that kicked off this disease. Cause I was, I was concerned. I've had heightened concern, you know, with my kids being in school and my husband who um, has his own health issues. Right. And then this pandemic come, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even protect my, my family. I think that was the stressor that breath this disease up so just not being stressed even more to make I know when I'm stressed that physically I don't feel well right and and so, I mean stress brings out a lot of you know diseases and I you know I I completely understand what you mean when it comes to you know stress and and um you know because I know when and I'm sorry Erica give me one second my dog is trying to cut up during our interview I apologize about that. No, you're fine. Um, I was going to say about stress. I do. I mean, I completely understand when you're coming from when you say uh, stress, um, you believe cause, you know, your your autoimmune disease um, to, to show up. Because I know at the time that I, you know, got my autoimmune disease, my husband was um, just got out of the military. Um, I had just got a new job. We were moving. We were trying to figure things out from, you know, where were we going to go? What we're going to do? You know, so, and we just, I mean, we just had a lot of stuff going on. And then also right before he got out, he deployed to uh, Afghanistan. So I think all of it just was just so much that it brought out 
that you know my autoimmune disease so i'm i'm a firm believer that stress can really you know cause things like this right and and one thing that i want to uh, i want people to know that stress isn't always negative it's not always bad things that are happening in your life right you like you said people that uh, they've been promoted or they're moving into their new home or all these things that can also be a stressor in your body and but your mind is not registering it as stress I can, you know what I'm saying yeah like oh I'm, I'm starting something new and you can have a little anxiety about it right that's a stress that's that's a stressor even though there's something good that's happening right it, I mean because it, it's like this isn't always something that is negative and heavy burden right and it's like you said your mind may feel like you're okay but your body is you know is really reacting to what's going on you just don't think about it yeah yeah but my biggest to be totally and completely honest with you my biggest way of dealing with this and getting through this is my relationship with god I have total and complete faith in God that I literally, with with my pots, I literally went to church and had the elders of the church pray for me. And ever since then, I have not had a pot symptom. Not even through all of this have I had any pot symptoms at all. That's wonderful. So I, I honestly believe that God can heal me of POTS. is also one of those diseases that is, is chronic. It's, they say it's chronic. They say it's not curable. Just like I was told <coughs> by my, um, and I love my pulmonary doctor, but he is a realist. He is very factual. He's going to give data, but he doesn't understand or I feel he doesn't understand what God can do. Mm-hmm. Like he told me, I went to him in November, mm-hmm. and I couldn't even do a PFT at all. Wow. I, I, I physically could not do a PFT. When I left out of his office, he put, I was on, I left the hospital on four liters. He put me on eight liters wow. of oxygen and said, do not go below that. He told me I probably, he's like, I, I say in three years, you can possibly, you can possibly in three years be about 10, 10% better. I went to him in November. I came back in January. I was already 10% better. What a blessing. You, you can't put God in a box. No, you cannot. I had already I had already started weaning myself down on my oxygen. I'm now on I put myself on I'm on four liters and that is with me up. I walk around on it. The only time I crank my oxygen up is when I go and work out and I still do work out. I still get up and ride my bike. 
That's and good. And I, I had to creep up to that. But I, I'm, I'm able to do it. And he looks at me like, are you serious? How? You can never underestimate the power of prayer. And Cannot. No. And, you know, yes, um, you know, doctors, they, they don't they know, know they know. everything. They know. They know what they know. But right. They don't know. They, they don't know God. I mean, they do. I, I, I believe a lot of our physicians have a relationship with God, but they limit. A lot of people limit God. They limit. There's no limit. We can never think. We cannot imagine the power that he has. I mean, that, and that is so true. Like, and... I was on 100 milligrams of prednisone. I have, I started to wean myself down before the doctor told me. I started to wean myself down. I'm now on 5 milligrams of prednisone. Because I'm like, greater is he that is in me than is he that is in the, in the world. And can't nobody take that from me. And that is why I always say, Erica, that, um, you know, I always say that listen to your doctors, do what your doctors say, and you know, take what they say, but God is, what's going to happen is ultimately up to God. And so you, you know, do what your doctors say, do the best you can, pray, and keep going. That's, that's, that's what I do. You have to keep your faith. Exactly. I, I, that, and I had, I, I had struggled with that at times because, um, I, I'm just, I'm getting over COVID. I've lost two cousins, my ex-father-in-law, since November mm -hmm. of 21. I, I, they're, they're gone because of COVID. And I'm here and have very mild symptoms. COVID should have taken me out, you know? Right. But I have trust and faith in God. I, I pray every morning, God, please protect us from this. I mean, you have to Keep your faith, most definitely. You have to. Now, it cannot waver. I know that you are a mother to three handsome boys. And four. A, four I, have, oh, I have four. You have four. <laughs> I thought it was just three. <laughs> okay. Four. Yeah, I have a, my, my, my step baby. <laughs> my bonus baby. And a wife. How mm -hmm. is your family dealing with you having ASS. I asked this question because 
I said in my last podcast, it's not just us with the disease learning to adjust, but it's our spouses and our children as well. So how how is your family uh, dealing with uh, the disease? How are they adjusting? They are they are just now starting to leave me alone. <laughs> like literally alone. Like it would always have to be someone here with me because they were afraid. Oh, you mean like leave you like literally yes. alone? Okay. Like physically alone. Um, I want to say, um, like right before Christmas is when they were like, she's okay enough for us to not be in the house with her. Now they do call, they do text, (laughs) but I'm able to just be like, just go away from me, please. And thank you. (laughs) I just, I just want to be by myself for a little bit. Okay. And, and they are okay. My husband is very protective. Um, very much so. Um, my boys, um, if they don't hear me, if I'm somewhere in the house and no one is in the room with me, um, they'll peek their head in. You okay? You need anything? And, but mm-hmm. I would say that they are dealing with it a lot better than I could ever imagine. That's good. What do you think is most important for our listeners that are battling their autoimmune disease to know? The most important thing is to make sure your mental health is okay. Um, Absolutely to make sure um, you're taking care of yourself mentally and spiritually and emotionally as well as doing the physical parts. Um, I mean, that's just as important. I've always said your mental health is just as important as your physical health. Sometimes even more so because um you being depressed and stressed out over things that we have no control over can take a toll on your physical. Yes, it can. So I I believe your mental health is the most important thing. My anchor is in God. And I know some people may not have a relationship with God Mm -hmm. or may not believe in God, but you have to anchor yourself in something Right. You have to have some kind of, um, even if, you know, the the creator or the universe or another person, you have to be able to let go. Right. Like you said, in situations that you have no control over, you just can't you can't hold on to those you right. you, you just, I mean it will destroy you <laughs> so you I mean and, go ahead Eric. and especially with a disease like mine where there's not a lot of research there's not a lot of 
information. Right. There is more unknown than known. So, um, I you just have to just stay, and don't get me wrong, there are some days where I do get depressed and I do cry and I do just get down and out because I'm like, God, I don't know. Right. And I'm one of those people like I'd rather know so I can deal with it than to be in the dark and just walking blindly. Not know, yeah. So, and I'm like, I just, and in those days, I literally, I just, I guess it's, I guess I meditate because I've never, I just get into a quiet place within myself and I just, I just sit and I just literally have a conversation with God. Like, I don't understand this. I don't get this. But I know all of this will be used for your glory. Just give me peace with whatever it is that is your will for me. Right. Just let me have the peace. And I, I literally pray, I pray for peace and for rest. I, I Peace and sleep is what I pray for. <laughs> like, and I thank God that he's kept me in my right mind throughout all of this. Absolutely. Do you have anything else you want to share or add to today's segment? Um, anyone that, um, I know I started off with a slight cough, but if you're noticing that you're, that you have dark rings around your eyes or dark pigmentation on your cheeks, and you're noticing that your hands are, and feet are extremely cold and they turn blue, or you notice that your hands are cracking or blistering up, or you haven't any kind of muscle weakness please go see your doctor um, because it could be it could be nothing or it could be my autoimmune disease it could be ASS and just I feel like if I would have taken that cough that little irritating throat tickle in February of 2020 if I would have insisted when I see my doctor in May like I need a chest X-ray. I need this. I need. I would not be as far off and as bad off as I am now. So, just please, just be mindful. If and just if you're having any of those symptoms, please go and see your provider and ask them to do uh, an antibodies test. And guys out there, that I mean, that is the best advice that she's given you all don't wait if you like she said if you notice anything any symptoms of of anything arising in you don't wait don't let it linger go to the doctor you know Erica and I both are young and you know we never thought anything like this could happen to us and you know here we are so just being being young doesn't mean you're invincible so please, like she said, go to the doctor, get your checkups. Like if, if you notice anything coming up, uh, any symptoms of anything, um, go, go to the doctor. Yes. Erica, again, I appreciate you so much for coming on here today with me 
and allowing me to interview you. It is always, always such a pleasure talking to you. And I know, I know this interview really educated and helped a lot of listeners out there. I mean, it. I learned things today that I didn't know. And your story today was so powerful. And I appreciate you so much for, for sharing it with all of us. Thank you. I appreciate it too. <laughs> Excuse me. I appreciate it too. And remember, if you all out there have any questions or comments about today or about anything in general, um, email me at the silent battle 2022 at gmail.com again it's the silent battle 2022 at gmail.com and always remember life is tough but so are you everyone have a great rest of the day and we will see you and let's see it'll be the wednesday what date that is going to be on the 9th of february so we'll see you guys on the 9th of february everyone have a good evening bye bye